What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Welcome into Bet the Edge. It is Monday, September 13th. And big thank you to those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel, Sarah Perlman with Drew Dinsick. And coming up today, we're going to have Von Delzell join us and let us know exactly how he's attacking the Ravens Raiders matchup, plus where he's getting an early jump on college football week three. Kenny Ducey, he's also here. He's going to help us analyze where there's value on the board in Major League Baseball. All that plus edge of the day coming up right here on Bet the Edge powered by PointsBet. And a lot to digest, especially after an awesome week one of the NFL. But Drew, before I get to that, I must find out, how was Vegas? It was a lot of fun. Met a lot of people in the industry there. A lot of friends that uh, took great care of us. We had uh, an absolutely outstanding time. The food, the entertainment, it was all absolutely top notch. They're doing a really good job of making it feel like, you know, like mm -hmm. things were normal in general. Uh, and so hat tip to, uh, to all of our new friends out there. Super exciting. Really jealous. You were there. I had a lot of friends there. Some of my family was there. Heard it was an awesome atmosphere. So welcome back. I know you're in California and excited to talk some Monday night football, but when I look back on last week, we have to talk about this because we did have the head trader at points that Jay Croucher on drew and something he said, especially on our blitzing the board show, he said, per usual, normally rooting for a lot of underdogs. And if you listened to him and took the underdogs, you would have had an extremely profitable weekend. Listen to this. Eight underdogs, one outright yesterday. Five on the road, which was the most in over 35 years. Also, you look at the first week in the NFL in general, the underdogs went 11-4 and four against the spread. So we ultimately will see when we think about the Raiders game tonight if they cover that four-point spread at home tonight on Monday Night Football. Then books are going to have an all-time epic weekend. But seems like a lot of the best results for the books were the Saints ultimately covering, beating the Packers. 38-3 to covered that with ease, clearly, especially if you watch that game. The Houston Texans crushed the Jacksonville Jaguars. That score doesn't even allude, in my opinion, to what the game looked like. Um, and 76% of the money line handle ultimately was on Jacksonville. And the Steelers, you talked about it all last week, Drew, covered that six and a half one outright that was an awesome game very defensive but if you took all the underdogs like i said you made a lot of cash this weekend yeah so much for home field advantage with the fans back in the stands that was actually uh there were a couple of games where you did feel like crowd noise mattered where there was without a doubt uh, you know some disruption obviously the end of the browns game uh you know with the the couple of the miscommunications on defense combined with the special teams error that really set the uh, Chiefs up to get the comeback win was frustrating. But ultimately, I, I agree with your sentiment. It was a good weekend for the dogs. And realistically, there are, I would say, it's important not to overreact to anything that you saw week one. We learned this, of course, from college football as well. 
huge swings between week one and week two and some of the teams that we saw college football performance wise. Uh, and so, it's, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the market reacts to some of these week two openers here. If teams like, say, the Arizona Cardinals get a meaningful upgrade because of what they did against the Tennessee Titans, then probably need to think a little bit if there's some line value on the other side, because I thought that game, obviously, Arizona came in, they played superlatively, uh, but they were the beneficiaries of some fluky uh, turnovers and things like that. And Tennessee is a better team than they showed us. Um, and uh, I would say similarly for Buffalo, similarly for for um, you know, Green Bay, obviously. I don't think you can expect them to have a, a stinker that's that poor again for the rest of their season. So there will be a couple of teams to potentially buy low on here if the market uh, decides that they've just uh, had enough. They've seen enough after one week. I am excited to see a lot of these numbers open up for week two and ultimately kind of see how they move right off the bat, where typically we do see sharper action get involved earlier in the week. And I know we saw a ton of line movement. I just really quickly think about that San Francisco game that we discussed best teaser leg. Ultimately, if you got it from the start, they would have covered the six and a half, seven where it opened. That line closed at nine, nine and a half. And because of the end of the game, I know a lot of people were upset and you could argue it's a bad beat having the Lions come back. What an atrocious <laughs> defensive performance. But overall, if you took the Niners at the end, it was uh, definitely a little tough. But teaser legs came home. Thank gosh for all my teasers because I did way better in that than the straight up market. That's why you got to get the best of the number. You could have gotten seven and a half, like for what, three months? When Correct. we were talking about three these months. Games, you could have laid seven and a half, and then you're only just, you know, you're a little annoyed. You're not truly sweating the end of that game. But yeah, no, Ortiz. So, so we're going to have to evaluate now without three months to bet week one. We only have a really a few days to adjust for week two. We'll start talking about all those lines throughout the week. If you've drafted your fantasy team, make sure to dominate your league by purchasing an NBC Sports Edge Plus subscription. Get player projections, rankings, alerts for players on your roster, so much more. Type in the code Sarah10. You will get 10% off any annual subscription. Yes, and of course, uh, 10% now. Uh, but that's okay. You had all preseason again. You had all preseason to think about this, and if now you think you're going to go beat the player prop market without a tool like the NBC Sports Edge Plus subscription, I have bad news for you. Um, but the other thing that you get, which I think is pretty important. Uh, is you get player alerts the minute they happen. And if you haven't already figured out now that speed is the name of the game in terms of beating the market, then I don't know what else to tell you. Check this out. Get 10% off. Use code DREW10. Someone who takes advantage of the edge projections and tools who crushed it yesterday, Von Dalzell, NBC Sports, Edge's very own. Von, first and foremost, seven and one yesterday. Kudos to you. I'd clap louder if I didn't have this mic and ruin people's ears for the rest of the week. Um, so we are curious to get your opinion now where you go today in the NFL slate with Monday Night Football, where the Ravens, of course, on the road playing the Raiders, now laying four points, total sitting at 50 and a half. So many ways to attack Monday Night Football. I am curious after your epic Sunday how you're looking at this one yeah I'm super excited for this game all summer long I was like hammer hardball we're taking that four that four and a half we're definitely going there with it and then it just everything unraveled for the Ravens because you know they're the preseason team they go hard in the preseason and this is what happens sometimes you get all these injuries so uh no Gus Edwards no J.K. Dobbins no Justice Hill uh, there's only really one direction to look when it comes to who's going to be handling the football 24-7 in this game that's going to be Lamar Jackson I did get the over 10 and a half rushing attempts early. Um, as soon as I tweeted that, I got respect from the sports books where it moved to 11 and a half within five minutes. So if you got that, congratulations. Uh, I would still play 11 and a half, but I think his rushing yards is also a good one. His touchdowns is a good number. Points bets offering 121. 
on the touchdown number right now. Uh, that's like 155 and more everywhere else. So if you miss out on getting that at plus money, you know, you still have a good bet because the Raiders allowed the second most rushing touchdowns in the NFL last season, seventh most yards per carry. And Lamar Jackson on Monday Night Football, 26 rush attempts, 302 yards, two touchdowns. That's 11.6 yards per carry. He's going to have the ball a lot tonight. So rock with Lamar Jackson uh, as he should have a good night. Fantastic breakdown. And I could not agree with you more that his role in the offense, particularly, um, you know, how the game state is likely to break uh, suggests he will get a lot of rush attempts, in yeah. my opinion. Um, so and we'll, we'll we'll have more Monday night football for you at the end. So stay tuned. <laughs> um, but I want to pivot to uh, another game here and really looking ahead to this uh, college football week three. Now you're out ahead of the market here again on this Oklahoma uh, matchup against Nebraska. Can you break this down for me a little bit? Yeah, so this was a very interesting one because I circled this game uh, as soon as I saw this on the schedule, and then it opened up at 19 and moved immediately to 22. All right, didn't even last 20 minutes. So everyone knew that was a mistake line for sure, and they put it on the opposite side of the 21, which is the key number here. So if you're getting this at 22, 22 and a half, it's probably where it's going to be closer to midweek, but I expect this to be 24-ish once game time starts on Saturday. Nebraska has not played a team in the Big 12 since they left the Big 12. That is a huge factor. And Oklahoma's defense is not the same defense as most teams are going to see in the Big 12. Um, obviously, they struggled a little bit in the first game. They played Western Carolina, that tune-up game to get right for Nebraska. And now they take on Adrian Martinez, who can be a turnover machine. I definitely like where Oklahoma is headed this one. Spencer Rattler's coming off five touchdowns. And just to let you know, Nebraska's secondary, it might get destroyed. Okay, Illinois' quarterback started out three and four before he got hurt, and the backup went 12 of 15 for two touchdowns. So uh, Adrian Martinez is not clicking. This should be an easy three touchdown or more victory for the Sooners. This is an awesome look because this line is heading in one direction with Oklahoma, the way, they, the way they've been playing the Heisman favor, obviously much better performance in week two. The total along with the side here has ticked up. It looks like money's coming in on the over as well, Vaughn. 71% of the bet count, 88% of the handle, of course, backing your play at points bet with Oklahoma. It looks like on a Monday, we're talking some Wolfpack. That's what I see that you're eyeing for this weekend and early on. Uh, so Nevada playing Kansas State. This line also has moved up just a little bit. Nevada now laying two and a half on the road. Let me hear your breakdown for this one and why we should get involved early on Monday. Well, simply put, Skylar Thompson is not suiting up for Kansas State. Um, he's go he went down with an injury in their previous game, and it looked significant, so he's definitely going to miss a couple weeks. Without him last season, they went two and five. They won the first two, but they beat TCU and Kansas, the two easiest teams to be in the Big 12. After that, they lost five straight, and Nevada's 8-3 and three against the spread in their last 11. Uh, they have a great quarterback in Carson Strong who should lead the Wolfpack in running and passing in this one. And just to note, Will Howard will be the starter for that Kansas State team. He had eight pass completions for 17 uh, out of 17 attempts and 76 yards. Um, not getting it done, he had eight touchdowns and 10 picks last year, threw a pick in seven out of eight games, and scored 21 or less in five of seven. So... Overall, this is not a bet on spot for Kansas State unless this spread gets up to the six or seven number. Uh, but I anticipate this moving past three. So I'd grab the spread or the money line. I bought into the money line this morning, but I would also play the two and a half up to three. Very good. I completely agree with your breakdown. And in fact, even with Skyler available, I feel like Nevada is a little underrated <laughs> by the market. Nevada looks absolutely legit. And okay. uh, I think uh, people are still refusing to believe it. So yeah. I think you found a nice one there. People uh, may forget 
but um, it's September and baseball is still being played. And I know that there, <laughs> I know that there's some K props on the diamond that I can help pad my bankroll. Uh, and you've been the master of that in 2021 so far. So uh, can you help me out? Yeah, we got seven straight winning weeks in baseball now. We had to come through with a three and O day on Sunday, but it happened. And uh, everyone forgot about baseball, not this guy. <laughs> I was excited for baseball Sunday morning. So heading there today, I got John Gant first play of the first game of the day over three and a half strikeouts against the Yankees. Obviously, the Yankees are a strikeout heavy team. If, Joe, if Joey Gallo plays, he might do this himself. <laughs> Honestly, he got me three strikeouts last time I, I had a pitcher against him. But uh, when John Gant has gone four innings this season, he's hit this 10 out of 15 times. And he's going to Yankees team that's striking out over nine times per game on the season, but about 11 times per game in the past seven games. So that's a ridiculous number here. I definitely like John Gant, who's getting his leash uh, lengthened a little bit. He's hit this in three of his last four games, which were all starts. He hasn't started in over a month and a half. So uh, they just played last night. They finished up around midnight, I believe. So the bats could be a little sleepy for New York. So I'll take John Gant over three and a half strikeouts and probably won't have another play until like 10 o'clock Eastern tonight. So uh, enjoy some afternoon baseball in this one with John Gant. For what it's worth, Vaughn, I did not forget that baseball season was also happening, but I did not hit the K props over the weekend. Like you had a phenomenal weekend across the board, especially in baseball. I love this look. The Yankees, a high strikeout team, as you said, especially with a lot of those power hitters, you will see the strikeouts go up. With the addition of Joey Gallo, as you alluded to, the team itself is striking out over nine times per game. This is a really good look. I think this is a makeup game, if I'm not mistaken, with the Twins and the Yankees to wrap the season up. Vaughn, you are the best. Good luck with your plays for tonight, although you really don't need it. You've been red hot across the board, but we'll be following along and reading all of your plays on NBCSportsEdge.com as well on your Twitter at VMoneySports. We will talk to you soon, Vaughn. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Sarah. We appreciate you guys listening to us on Bet the Edge. Wherever you're listening, rate the podcast. Of course, sign up. We're giving you a ton of actionable information in just about 30 minutes or less every single weekday. And the lines, as we always say, move so quickly. So we definitely want to make sure you're watching us live or right away whenever you can so you're gaining an edge with us. And of course, be sure to hit us up on Twitter. I got a lot of very, very kind notes about my guy, Daniel Medvedev, coming through in the U.S. Open yesterday and appreciate all of you reaching out and saying some nice words because that was a pretty momentous title. First ever Grand Slam for our, uh, our Russian hero there. So uh, Djokovic calendar slam, not to be. Can't believe it. Who would have predicted that? Either way, follow us on Twitter. You can find Sarah at Sarah Perlman and I am available at whale underscore capper. I thought, well, actually, I knew I was not the only one that reached out to Drew. But when I saw the result, I thought, <laughs> I got to text Drew. He's probably getting blown up. But Medvedev is huge. Drew's been talking about him on this show for the U.S. Open for a long time. So kudos again to you, Drew, there. Awesome, awesome play. We're going to stay in Major League Baseball for just a little bit. We will get back to Monday Night Football and ultimately our edge of the day. But Kenny Ducey is here to break down and analyze and help us with Major League Baseball because all jokes aside, it is tough to follow and handicap baseball if you're looking at college football and the NFL. So, Kenny, we need your help here. And there's a lot of games to get to on the slate today if I look across the board. And the Blue Jays and Rays and AL East matchup, obviously the Rays have ran away with this division, but – you know, you came on a few weeks ago and, and I thought the Blue Jays, there's no way they're going to make this late push. Well, times have changed and it looks like they could really get this wild card spot and make an awesome postseason appearance. So I look at the Blue Jays in Tampa playing the Rays and the edge projection has some confidence on the Blue Jays money line. What say you? 
Yeah, well, good morning, guys. And uh, I thought I was over uh, losing on Novak Djokovic yesterday. And then, of course, I hear <laughs> once again about our uh, – I just don't like the way he plays. But, you know, good for anybody got, getting a grand slam against Novak Djokovic. It is an impressive feat. Um, yeah, so uh, what you actually asked me about, right? Let's talk about that. The uh, the Toronto Blue Jays are are so good right now. I mean, I think that we, we, everyone's seen it. The 167 WRC Plus over the last two weeks has been – uh, just incredibly impressive and you know we, we know what these bats can do the the barrel rate north of 10 percent like don't need to really wax poetic about how these hitters have been performing but the one aspect of this that i really appreciate is alec manoa he's quickly become one of my favorite pitchers to back one of my favorite pitchers in baseball you know the hard hit rate and the bottom six percent of baseball the 364 xcra has uh, just just so perfectly backed up what we've seen uh, with our own eyes, which is a guy that's just been shoving. Um, now, you know, we did have the, the bad outing, you know, two outings ago, and he, and he did have a six-run blow-up against the Nationals. These things happen with young pitchers, but, uh, you know, just like young tennis players, there's always going to be some speed bumps. You're going to have a few nights where, like, oh, I thought this guy was good. But the totality of a season here has been very, very good. I think that this is a guy that's going to be able to handle – able to handle business for the Toronto Blue Jays. He'll be able to handle the Tampa Bay Rays just like he did in July when he struck out 10 over seven scoreless innings against them. Uh, this is a big game, but the way that this team has been hitting, uh, it is just impossible to fade them with one of their best pitchers on the hill. Okay, good, fair. That's a completely fair breakdown. And as much as I want to ask you about the keto challenger and uh, who is going to take the uh, who's going to take the crown from the king of keto, Victor Estrella Borios, and I, I think let's let's stay with baseball. There's a lot of interesting matchups today. It's going to be a fun day to get back into the sport of baseball after spending so much time thinking about the NFL. And there's a matchup between the Cardinals and the Mets that's on the board that's pretty interesting in my mind. Uh, line pretty close to a pick'em here. Cardinals, uh, you got to lay a little extra juice if you want to back them on the money line. Both teams teams have been somewhat uninspiring in the last few weeks, but uh, Cardinals still with a chance to squeak out a wild card spot here. Do you see an edge in this matchup? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. As my dog sees things to chew. I think that the, the St. Louis Cardinals here are the pick for me. Uh, and, you know, again, it's just like this Blue Jays uh, Rays matchup, right? Where you see two teams, they're pretty evenly matched in the offensive department. And when you look at the pitching matchup, I just think it's so lopsided here. Adam Wainwright's been so good for the Cardinals this year. And Rich Hill has just been Rich Hill uh, for the New York Mets. This is a guy that, you know, had that late career resurgence uh, to just as recently as two years ago, was one of the better pitchers in baseball. And that is just not who he's been over these last two years. He's giving up a lot of hard hit balls, not striking out as many guys as he once did. Of course, that's why the analytics community loved him. He was striking and, and these front offices, he was striking out a lot of hitters and he wasn't giving up a lot of hard hit balls. So it was easy to see why he still stuck around and got a job. But, you know, look, Drew and Sarah, you guys know about betting. You guys know that momentum sometimes can carry us into bets that we don't want to take. And when you look at this matchup in a vacuum, you know, the, the St. Louis Cardinals, to me, are the better team. Now, the Mets come in with momentum coming off the Sunday Night Baseball win. They're going to be sticking at home. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of factors here that will certainly point to maybe the Mets could keep it going. But when you look at the way this team has hit, the New York Mets, it just isn't as – they haven't been as consistent at the plate – as the St. Louis Cardinals, who have found some hard hit balls of late, found some good wins, and you know, beating the the Yankees, they're like a dying quail at this point. I just don't know if that's really enough for me to say, yeah, they can overcome Adam Wainwright with this bad pitching matchup with Rich Hill on the mound. Uh, I think you fade Rich Hill here and you take the Cardinals. 
Talking about the AL East, I want to go back to this as I know you're helping. I have a dog, so I understand when you're going down to reach your dog. I could totally relate to that in all seriousness, Kenny. Um, I think about this Red Sox-Mariners matchup because we talked about the Blue Jays, of course, playing the Rays. And now we have also the Red Sox and the Mariners both in the hunt for a wild card spot. So this AL wild card situation is heating up. And I look at the Red Sox, who have certainly had so many COVID issues and outbreaks. That's clearly affected them on the field over the past few games. So this is a really good spot. I know they're in Seattle. Seattle's not that great at home. Their offense actually tends to struggle more at home in Seattle. So when you're looking at the Red Sox, a team that I really had a lot of faith in, but it certainly dwindled down the stretch here. What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, you, you said it. And one place that they struggle, especially, is against left-handed pitching. We know this. They're 25th in WRC plus against lefties. This Mariners team, I, I could not uh, like them any less in this spot. And really, of late, I mean, they've lost four of six. They just lost two to the Diamondbacks, which was embarrassing. They almost, they really should have gotten swept. If you look at that Friday night game against another lefty, Madison Bumgarner, they they really struggled. They had they, they needed that late push uh, to to really win that game. Uh, this is just not an offense that's having good at bats. The one redeeming quality of Seattle's team, because they're not, you know, making good contact, they're, they're low in barrel rate, they're low in hard hit rate. The one thing that they've done well, well, they've walked over 10% of the time. Now that's good, right? You know, good patient approach. And that's not what Eduardo Rodriguez is known for. The one thing that he has been really consistent with over his career is not walking a lot of hitters. And when you look at a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, he is a regression candidate here, a positive regression candidate. His XERA much lower than his real life ERA because he's just not giving up a lot of quality contact. His strikeouts have come up. So this is a pitcher that's been effective. He's also left-handed. And when Madison Bumgarner is shutting you down from the left side and, and some of these other, you know, triple-A guys that uh, that the Dimebacks are throwing these days, I think that there's cause for concern. And I think it's sort of like a Dodgers situation where some teams, you know, maybe the left-handed thing, it's a little bit of a fluke, but there's other teams where they'll struggle against just about any left-hander. That's the Mariners right now. They needed to make a trade deadline acquisition. They didn't do it, mm-hmm. and they're they're really paying the price now. So I think that they're going to continue to slump offensively. And Logan Gilbert's been a guy who's been very up and down in his first big league season. I really like the way the Red Sox are hitting. Top three in barrel rate over the last two weeks. I think you got to take the Red Sox here. Yeah, the fact that the Mariners are hitting 227 against lefties for all of the reasons you mentioned is exactly where I find the mismatch in this game. And Eduardo Rodriguez, as you clearly said, is due for a much better outing with his numbers than what we've kind of seen indicate throughout the season. Hence why you're having some market agreement here, Kenny. I look at 76% of the handle coming in on the Boston Red Sox on the road tonight. Kenny, good luck with all of your Major League Baseball plays. We love having you on. We'll talk to you soon. And if you have not already, follow Kenny on Twitter, at Kenny Ducey, and so much of his Major League Baseball handicapping picks analysis on NBCSportsEdge.com. Kenny, have a great day. Thanks, you guys too. We wrap up the show, not with the Boston Red Sox, although I do like that play, but with edge of the day. And Drew, I saw where you were going today. We both are talking about Monday Night Football because if it's on, I have to have some action. Maybe not on the total, maybe not on the spread, but I got to get involved here. And I love fantasy, and that's where I'm going with my play with player props, but I'm curious to see exactly where you're going for edge of the day. Yeah, I looked long and hard at the board, uh, and there were two options that really sung to me. The first was the first half under a 24 and a half. That looked like a very favorable number by my projections. The second is the Raiders team total under, and I ultimately I opt for the Raiders team total under 23 and a half here. 
uh, I, I, you know, I'm with you. I know you, you feel like the Ravens are the right side here at four. My fair price is bigger than that. So I think that uh, there is some edge on the Ravens and my total is a little lower than the current 50, 50 and a half that's out there right now. So you combine those two. Uh, I'm only projecting the Raiders to come in at 21 points here. So under 23 and a half minus 115 will be my edge of the day. Really and truly, I think this entire game breaks in the direction of the Baltimore Ravens defense. I love their ability to generate interior pressure, which brings out the worst in Derek Carr, who is going to be dealing with an offensive line that has not had a lot of cohesion and experience, particularly in the middle, new center, new guard. Uh, so they will be tested. To make matters worse, it looks like we're not going to see Josh Jacobs. I would expect that as that news trickles into the market, this continues to fall. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's 23 at a couple of shops. You know, that's going to put even more pressure on uh, Derek Carr to get it done. And, and you know, if the Ravens can generate a lead here, if they can force the uh, Raiders into obvious passing situations, then I think they can pin their ears back and really, uh, you know, keep you know make this team uh, fight hard for uh, for their points. Without a doubt, I love this. Not to mention the fact that we know the Ravens, you know, blitzing packages throughout the game is going to put Derek Carr under so much pressure. I love this look. I do. I'm going to stick with this game. And it's funny because I ultimately do think we're against the world. A lot of people love the Raiders tonight, and I'm going the other side. I like the Ravens. I talked about it all last week, especially on blitzing the board, even though the injuries to we know Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters are not um, in favor of our plays. But for me, I'm actually going to the other side because of some reasons you talked about Josh Jacobs and the amount of pressure I do believe Derek Carr will be on. I'm looking at Darren Waller, his favorite target, his quick target, really short passes to him. I think that's why I'm going over receptions here and plus money. Six and a half is sitting at plus 115 for Darren Waller. I do go over. He went over six and a half catches in seven out of 16 games in 2020. But because of the inexperience at the offensive line protecting Derek Carr. I think this is exactly why I have to go with his favorite receiver and thinking he's going to get a ton of looks. He's without a doubt their best weapon. He's consistent. We know he's probably going to get 10 looks. He had double-digit targets in seven different games last season. Obviously, we know he's coming off of a ridiculous 2020 campaign. I do think he follows that up this season. I look at Pro Football Focus and their 2020 grades. I went back. The Ravens finished 21st in the NFL in coverage grade versus tight ends. That's what stood out to me the most, not to mention if they are playing catch-up because I do think the Ravens win. He's going to go to his best, most consistent target. And for me, that's Darren Waller. So I will go with Darren Waller over six and a half receptions at plus 115 on points bet right now, Drew. I think you found a very resilient play, which is the what you want to do when you attack the player prop market. You don't want to say, hey, I think this is going to happen. So I played this player prop. If you think this is going to happen, just go bet that side or total. But what you found with Darren Waller over receptions is nice because if we're right, and if the offensive line is struggling, they're going to need to pivot to a short passing attack where yeah. Waller is going to be, you know, play play kind of a pivotal role. Uh, and if the if the offensive line holds up well, um, you know, then he they can immediately move him into an attack down the field uh, in some of the soft spots against you know maybe the weakness of the Ra Ravens secondary is their safeties. So it's uh, it's resilient, and uh, and if we're correct about the side, then uh, Ra Ra Raiders are going to be in catch up mode. Uh, and passing a lot in the second half of this game. So I love this look. Exactly. And I think people are following suit. Points bet did get back to us, just kind of letting us know 71% of the handle coming in on the over, but it's staying at one plus 115. So we'll see by the time game starts tonight what this line looks like for Darren Waller and over six and a half receptions if it moves, which I think it does. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on a Monday. Do not forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com. So much information, fantasy tools, 
lineup optimizers, player prop projections, and so much more on our website. So don't forget to check that out. Use the code Drew10 or Sarah10, of course, when you're doing so. And thank you again for joining us on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. And if you're not, don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. Good luck with all of your plays. Enjoy Monday Night Football. And Drew and I will see you right back here tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.